The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Thursday on the West, it's Friday on the East. Many of you are stuck somewhere in between. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio with me, Jason Hawes, and the always awesome J.V. Johnson. That was a little quick with the fingers. That (laughs) was a little Beatles thing snuck in there. Yeah, that was, wow. Hey, um... Welcome, everybody. It's, it's, we've got a really, uh, uh, what probably will be a bit of a tearjerker of a show. I know it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. Uh, a by, touching and a tough show. Yeah, by, by self-admission by our guest, Joe McQuillan, will be joining us in a little bit. He's an author, and he didn't set out to become an author, but he had uh, experienced a tragedy. He lost his son just a few years ago. It was not long ago. Yeah. And uh, he spent uh, a great deal of time trying to reconnect with his deceased son. And the good news is he's done it. And he's going to talk about that experience and the book he wrote about it. It's, it. it's It should be inspirational when it's all said and done, but it's still going to be sad. Well, it, yeah, yeah, no parent ever wants to... Uh you know, wants to have their child leave before them. Mm. And uh, I can't imagine it, it, just so much strength it must have taken him to, to get through that and the rest of the family coming together as well. So, and our hearts go out to that entire family. And it, it's definitely going to be a tough show tonight. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But um, again, I think it'll be inspiring by the time we end it, which we're all looking forward to. We'll take your calls in the second part of the program. Um, you turned me on to something, which kept me up until <laughs> I turned five, you on? Whoa, slow yeah, down. Slow it, until 5.30 a.m. I know, I know, and I, I've, I've been watching it, too. All right, so for those of you out there, last night I asked JV, I said, have you seen this new show on Netflix called Beyond the Curve? And it's about the flat earth, uh, flat earth theory and and, the the flat earth community out there. Mm -hmm. And actually, we had the main people who are on the show on on this show. We had Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer on the show in the past. And and they came off very professional. And the show is I, I have mixed feelings on the show because they do come off as intelligent individuals. But I think the way the show is cut and edited sort of gives them this this wacky, quirky type persona wouldn't wouldn't you agree with that i think you're right i think um and i don't know if it's intentional um part of me wants to give the filmmakers the ben benefit of the doubt but i also by the way that it ended and i think you said that you're about 10 minutes from the end i watched the end of it um the way it ends almost makes me confident that they the filmmakers don't agree with the theory therefore they're trying to spin it in a way that makes the folks that believe in flat earth theory a little bit um you know off center now here here's the thing about what what i took from it um the people that believe this are very very sincere in their beliefs and they keep saying science should be an effort to get to the truth not an effort to um come to a predetermined outcome and that's what they feel like a lot of the effort to disprove what they're saying is it's 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 not an effort to get, find the truth. It's an effort to uh, go with the theory that has been the predominant theory that we're on a sphere. We're on a globe. Um, and I agree with that because they, they actually bring up a great thing in the show. They talk about, well, teachers and, and scientists aren't sitting there saying, well, the earth is flat because if they did, they'd be run. They'd be run out of their community. Yeah. They'd be run out of their profession. Yeah, I mean, if you turn the turn this around a little bit, um, you know, 500 years ago, it was just the opposite. Anybody who said that the Earth was a sphere, was round, uh, was a globe, uh, would be run out because at that point it Absolutely. was considered to be flat. So, yeah, but here's another thing I took from that. Um, in addition to holding these beliefs and, and looking for the truth, and many of these folks were out doing experiments and trying to find ways to prove or disprove their theory, one way or the other. They didn't seem to care which way it went. They just want answers. But... They've developed this really, really close-knit community. They're all connected through the Internet, um, you know, talking constantly. They meet at conferences and, and quote-unquote, meetups uh, throughout the country. Uh, and they're very, very passionate about all of Which, this. Which, to be honest with you, is very similar to what's happened with paranormal investigators. I mean, we were all out there. We, we knew this. We knew people in, in all different areas were investigating claims of the paranormal. But it wasn't until the Internet and everybody being able to connect it, we realize, oh, well, there's all these different groups out there. They, they've they all gone this route, and it's allowed us all to come together and work as a whole. So 
I think the internet's just been a phenomenal thing to to be able to connect everybody like that. Yeah, well, I love the story that uh, you guys talk about when you say, you know, when you first started this, and Steve talks about it a lot, you say that, um, yeah, you know, we went online and to search other paranormal groups, and there's like five in the country. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, like so few, at least with a presence on the internet. And then, you know, a few short years later, Ghost Hunters is on the air, and all of a sudden there's thousands in every state. Type, type in paranormal investigation or anything into Google now, you'll have you know, yeah, geez, really, ten, tens or hundreds of millions of, of hits on it. Yeah, it really changed things. But anyway, you know, I was inspired by that documentary on Netflix. Again, it was called Beyond the Curve or Behind yeah. the Curve? Beyond. Beyond the Curve. I Beyond the Curve. And I'm, I'm anxious to bring Patricia Steer and Mark Sargent back to the program now. Um, and have another conversation now that I've seen that. Well, and I agree with you. And you and I are are not flat Earth believers. It's a, it, we're those we're the type of people where it's like, well, prove to me it's flat or prove to me it's round. What I one or the other, I don't care. Bottom line, um, but it's definitely an intriguing intriguing thing. And their arguments, they have some great arguments when you when you watch that show. Um, but also some of their arguments, you sit there and think, well, no, I mean. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but um, well, the one thing that that still because um, I know I can leave from California and get to other countries going <laughs> going that way instead of always having to go out of Boston. Well, they're telling you go that you're going that way. Yeah, you well, don't necessarily know if that's the way you're going. You have to trust them that they're telling you the truth. But the one thing that that uh, kind of caught me, but that would mean everybody was involved in that, like pilots and or what are they doing, manipulating mm-hmm. the. Uh, the actual magnetic fields in these planes to make them believe that they're going one way, they're not. Yeah, I don't See know, but I, mean? I do. And, and one, but the one thing that always that kind of always hooks me into thinking, hmm, I wonder at least why this particular point doesn't have an answer is why don't they fly um, use uh, over the South Pole to get from one point to another point when it can be far shorter going that way than some of the ways that they travel currently. Now, I'd heard somewhere along the way there was some treaty about flying over the South Pole or something. I don't know. Which makes you wonder why they'd have a treaty yeah, about right. flying well, over the South that, Pole. Well, that's the smokescreen that they talk about. Anyway, I'm, I'm excited to have them back on the program and talk about <laughs> Jeez, this. I now that we, I, we could argue this for yeah, hours. I just feel like now I've got a little more background as to what this community is all about, and I'm, I'm anxious to have the conversation. Well, you know what we, you and I have to do? Because we, we love getting out and, and doing these things. Mm-hmm. I know they have a convention. We need to... Just go to the convention, sit in the back, and and listen and yeah. watch. I think that's a great idea. We, can, we might even be able to do a broadcast from there or something. Um, that'd but be then, really. But cool. then they'd know we were there. Oh, that's true. I, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we got to be stealthy about this, man. Even just, though we just talked about it on a national yeah, I syndicated know, I radio know. show. Somehow, I don't think you and I being in a room is going to be too stealthy. Regardless, no, no, probably not. <laughs> but anyways, hey, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio, everybody. If you haven't, take a uh, take a second and uh, head over and like facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio. And then head to beyondrealityradio.com. You find all the stations we are in across the country. You can download the free smartphone apps, which, again, allow you to listen live, catch past shows, and more. Or any night we're live, just click the Listen Live button right there on the website and uh, listen to the show live while browsing the web. And uh, if you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, take two seconds of your time and come rate it for us. Uh, just rate it for us because it helps push it forward and makes it easier for people to find. We have, um, of course, a best of program tomorrow night, but then uh, Monday we'll be back with live programs. Um, a couple of the guests that we'll be featuring next week, uh, Jason Gerald, who's a student of philosophy and anthropology, also ancient culture and the history of religion, will be talking about Native American cosmology. He'll talk about the three realms of the Native American cosmology and the supernatural beings who inhabit them, symbolism of the cosmology, in the artifacts of the Adena and Hopewell mound builders of 2,000 years ago. So we're going to be talking a lot about uh, ancient and uh, um, Native American uh, history, cosmology, spirituality, all of that, which is something that, that um, you know, is really becoming uh, what I would say into, into its own. Uh, a lot of people are interested in this, so I'm anxious to talk about it. Yeah, and then we'll also have uh, Sarba Mohantian. He's a paranormal investigator. And we're going to be discussing how paranormal research is different in India as compared to the rest of the world. And I think that that's important because all these different countries, they do do things very differently. And I'm happy that this is this week's last show because I think I need the weekend to recoup after taking myself out today. <laughs> I heard you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you had a nasty spill there. Nasty spill. All right. So I, you know, I, I had plowed the driveway. I did it all. And then I went out earlier and it got cold again and things had melted, turned into black ice. And I wiped out 
I mean, I literally, my knee is like twice the size of my other knee, my ankle, you name it, man, I'm taken out. So, but now they're calling for even more snow. They're calling for nine plus in- inches this weekend. You know my feelings about winter at this point. I've I've had enough. Had enough. Not yes. just for this winter, but for all winters, I've had yes. enough. Yes, no more winters. Let's no. put a ban on winters. I would like to do that, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> so, all right, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to get our guest, Joe McQuillan, on the line. Uh, and again, we're going to be discussing his story of searching for his son, Christopher, on the other side. So be prepared. You're listening to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tonight's topic is a little bit difficult. Actually, it's a lot difficult. One of the things that any parent fears most when they become a parent is the loss of a child. And our guest tonight, Joe McQuillan, uh, went through that uh, horror um, he's written a book about it called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. This is going to be not only a difficult story to hear, but it's also going to be a very inspiring story to hear. Joe, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here with us tonight. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on, Joe. So, You're welcome. I think, um, I think the best place to start here, um, first of all, sorry for your loss. And again, you Thank know, you. it's heartfelt to say that any parent... <sighs> I mean, going through that has to be the most unimaginable difficulty to face in life, uh, losing a child. Tell us what happened to Christopher. Well, in December of 2015, Christopher was uh, home from college, as were a bunch of his pals for the Christmas break. And uh, the last weekend, uh, which was uh, you know, the, 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 after, after the New Year's, uh, the a dozen of them all went up to a Pales Lake House on a lake in Wisconsin, about an hour and a half north of Chicago, or an hour and a half north of the North Shore, to kick up their heels last weekend, uh, have a little fun, um, shoot a little pool. They're all going to crash at this lake house and then uh, and disperse the next day and come home and start getting ready for the second semester. And... Uh, Somewhere around 3 o'clock in the morning, Christopher and, and two, three of his pals were at, went outside and uh, walked past a boathouse, and it seemed like um, a good idea to jump in a canoe and paddle out on a partially ocean lake or uh, frozen lake, and, uh, and none of them made it back. Uh, you know, in the morning, the friends were up looking for him, and, and I got a text. I was getting ready to... to to, to watch, uh, I grew up in Buffalo, so I watched the Bills game and expecting Chris to come through the door so we could watch it together. And, uh, and I got a text that he was, uh, they were missing. A few of the boys were missing, so I jumped in the Jeep and drove up north. And halfway up, I got the call that it was, uh, that it was no longer a search but a recovery because uh, all, all four boys had drowned in that icy lake. Oh, jeez. We are so sorry. Yeah, thank you. You, um... I mean, it hasn't been that long. I mean, this this was 2015. Um, well, it was December. It was January 3rd, 2016. So uh, we celebrated three years just uh, yeah. a, a couple months ago. I mean, that's um, that's still a fresh wound in my mind. Does it still feel fresh to you? Yeah. It. it, it I don't know if it'll ever not feel fresh. Um, you know, anybody who tells you, you know, time heals all wounds hasn't lost a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, the bottom line is, I think, as as we go forward, we have tools that we can use to 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 deal with the grief or to to help us deal with the grief. But the grief never goes away. The loss never goes away. It's and it's you know, it's kind of like stepping on landmines every once in a while, every couple you know, a couple times a day, walking through and it's a photo or a memory and. And all of a sudden, it's just a gut punch, and uh, and I think that's pretty common for anybody who's lost a lost a child. Well, I I can I haven't lost a child, thankfully. I've lost parents, and uh, in fact, I'm approaching the second anniversary of losing my mother, and I know what those landmines feel like, even in that case. So, I certainly can sympathize. Although the the level of tragedy is is a different level. Was Christopher an only child? 
No, no. Christopher's uh, Christopher was the the oldest and, and a handful. And uh, my daughter Caroline is uh, finishing up at Marquette with her education degree. And William's the baby, and uh, he's he's in his second semester uh, at Boulder. Uh, and you know, both of them are dealing with their own version of grief by. You know, a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old don't have the tools that that yeah. Christopher's mom and I have to deal with the grief. So, you know, that's their story. But you know, they're, we're, we're all we, we all kind of grieve separately, and then come together and grieve, and then just try to get on with our lives. Now, you yourself um, came from a rather large family, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, uh, I I'm the youngest of ten kids. Um, you know, from Irish Catholic family in Buffalo. It really was kind of an interesting thing. It was uh, two families merged together. There was a car accident in December of 1956 that killed my aunt and my uh, and my uncle was driving the car and and uh, and all five kids ended up at our house. I wasn't born until the following, uh, you know, uh, January or you know, like a month later after the accident. And so uh, I didn't know that these cousins weren't my brothers and sisters until I was about in fifth or sixth grade. You know, uh, but we were all raised as one. It couldn't get any closer in blood. My my father's brother had married my mother's sister. They grew up next to each other. And mom and dad took in the five uh, wonderful uh, cousins. And, and, you know, to me and to them, we're all just brothers and sisters. So I have to assume then that, um, you know, being from such a large family, that family is obviously very important to you. You know, it, 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 I don't know if there's anything more important. i got to tell you, Christopher's godmother... Uh, Marsha, my favorite, uh, my sister, and uh, and she passed away last uh, three weeks ago, Jeez. and and we all went to to Florida to Naples for the services, and I was telling the kids they were both in college, and you know you, you, I didn't want them to miss too much, and and I said you know look guys you know why don't mommy and I go in and we'll we'll take care of this and uh, you know Aunt Marsha knew you loved her and. And my youngest said, you know, what about all this BS you fed us about family first? You know, he, and, you know, my son said, I'd spend 12 hours on an airplane to spend three hours at a service for Aunt Marcia. So and I was then, like, yeah. okay, and, getting schooled by my 19-year-old about yeah, family yeah. values. Well, so and, the, and that's it exactly. That's it, hearing that. Uh, you can find out more information about the book and Joe's story at joemcquillen.com. Um, Joe, after you learned of um, the tragedy involving your son, um, what was going through your mind? Obviously, this is something that you probably probably can't even recount. You were probably in a bit of a, of a state of shock. But share with us as best you can what was happening. You know, I, it's it's true. It was it's all a bit of a fog. Um, you know, for about a week. You know, the following. But you know, I got the call, and 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 my kid was just a wonderful, loving, heartfelt, warm. But you know, but but. You know, he, he he was like this old man. He, he had a he had a wild uh, streak, and and so I just assumed that I was going to be driving up north, and that he'd have hooked up with some pretty gal from Wisconsin, or was in a boathouse, and 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 you know wrapped in a comforter or or, or something, or or found a, something else to do. So I wasn't all that concerned. Um, you know, he, he he was a big boy, and. Uh, Yet, yet when I talked to his mom later on, she said the minute she got the call, she knew that he was gone, and uh, or we thought he was gone. And so, you know, the ride up, uh, I was anxious because I wanted to get involved and find him, and it all kind of turned gray as soon as I got the call that said that 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 you know the boys weren't with us anymore. You know, so. Uh, but that whole week was was kind of there was a whole lot of work to do things like funerals and bodies being returned and receptions and buying graves and and things that that you never really think about you know until it's until it's thrown at you so that was um, that that was kind of what that felt like kind of like kind of the paperwork of of the tragedy the stuff that just has to be taken care of you don't really have a choice Right, and yeah. and the truth of the matter is that it kind of keeps you going, left foot, right foot. You don't have time to, to completely, uh, you know, shut down because, you know, things have to be done. There's coroner's reports. There's there's you know, there's burial arrangements. There's you know, going to funeral parlors. I mean, all of that, um, 
you know, it's funny when I talk to people who experience similar things, even my, my, my niece and nephew after their mom passed, like, you know, a couple weeks back, is that when all the circus dies down is when, when the, the, the grief just, just, just overflows you like a tsunami. You know, when, when, when the music stops and it's just you and the stillness, that's, 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 that's even the toughest time, you know? Yeah. And it stays tough. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, and we're going to get into the uh, the book in more detail. But the book Good. is my search for Christopher on the other side. So at some point, as the dust settled on all of this, and you started to catch your breath, and you probably started to understand the reality and the gravity of what had just happened to you and your family, um, you decided that you weren't going to let it stop there. You were going to find a way to continue to have a relationship with your son. Tell me how that awakening occurred. That's a great question. And, and what happened was that I had hoped that this was going to be an ability to connect with my son. And if it wasn't, I just wanted to take it off the list and find out what, I, what else I had to do. So, you know, 15, 16 years prior to this, uh, you know, some spiritual quest or something, probably, I, I, I went in and saw a medium and, uh, and the whole thing was pretty mundane, and I, I was a little underwhelmed until the very end of the reading. And this was about you know, 2000, right? So she said, you know, your dad's here, and he's holding a caboose and telling you railroad. Now, now we were a railroad family. My old man spent 40 years on the railroad. He had the most seniority between Buffalo, New York, and Syracuse, New York. All the boys, all five boys in the family worked on the railroad in college. My mother's father was a railroader, retired. My my Uncle Bill, my favorite uncle, was a railroader. So I'm sitting in my office at home right now that used to be Christopher's bedroom, and I'm looking at a railroad lantern from a Canadian Pacific Railroad caboose. So that that was that's who our that's who we were. That was our culture. So when she said this, this was before internet searches, and and even if there were, you know, my dad was a just a wonderful blue collar guy. Uh, so you weren't going to find anything about Iron Joe on the on the internet. So when she said that, it got my attention. Now my my my, my dad died in kind of the nor- a little early, but you know in his seventies in the normal um, time frame. So I didn't have this intensity to need to connect, but I thought it was pretty cool, and I just felt you know I, I filed that in the back of my mind that wow this stuff is for real, huh? And then just went on with my life. So when Christopher drowned. The, the desire to connect was intense, and I reached out to that same medium who, had, you know, from 15 years before, and she had relocated to uh, to Surprise, Arizona, and, and and her name was Nancy Myers, and and she began to to walk me through some stuff, and and over the next few months we connected with Chris, the spirit, who said things that nobody knew, talked to me about Timberland boots, talked to me about. Untied, layered clothing. Um, how many, you know, four boys in a th- in a three man canoe. That the the ice kept give you know as they were trying to get to the shore, the ice kept giving way. Uh, things that weren't in the coroner's report that nobody knew. And uh, and and so I knew that she was connecting with him. And it was like, if this is this, this is now my new reality, I need to figure out what this is all about. Um, Chris and I had this really great connection. We we we. we had a lot of fun together, but we also could just be in the same room and just allow each other to be. You know, there was a real, real, real strong love there. And so I wanted to find out if the, if any of this was real. And if it was, you know, how can I connect with my, my boy? So I, I went after it with kind of a tenacity and uh, and was rewarded. Well, and you were lucky enough to find a sensitive that actually did truly have ability and wasn't just playing off of uh off of your family's loss, which is is a problem that goes on out there. But to find one that's actually legit and able to make that connection and bring up things that she would have no way of knowing, uh, that must have just been so heartwarming for you. It was, and it was especially early on. The, the, the grief was just pretty overwhelming. So I was just holding on, trying to walk through the day, get some work done, um, until the next time that we could connect. And But you got to understand that I spent... 26 years in the car business. So, you know, it's not easy to pull one over on me. I'm not a naive cat, you know, that, you know, this was something that 
I knew was 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 real and 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 you know she wasn't trying to bilk me out of money. She you know she, would, she at the end of the session, you know, kind of you know I'd, I'd send a check that you know she, it wasn't even the main part of this whole thing. So I knew it wasn't something driven by monetary gain. And I know when somebody's trying to hustle me. You know, I, you know, I've been around the, the, the world a few times. You know, around the block a few times, and and so. Do I think there are charlatans out there? Sure, I think there are in every aspect, in every field. Um, but I've also been exposed to a ton of outstanding people who, you know, like a therapist, get an hourly fee. And, and usually what you pay them is worth much more than you could write a check for. You know, so I, I believe there's probably those out there. But the Internet has also made it pretty tough for these guys to, the, the days of the charlatan to survive. You know, there's a whole lot of reviews and grading and, you know, so, you know, I'm pretty confident that um, with a little diligence, you can, the audience can reach out and, and find somebody that's going to help connect with whoever they want to connect with. Did you um, have any doubt in the beginning of this conversation when you revisited with this medium? And I, I'm assuming you were doing this over the phone to begin with. Yes, originally over the phone. Yeah. So did you have any doubts or did you know right away that she was actually making contact with Christopher? I knew right away. Remember, I had a history with her that went back 15 years, although it was it was brief, you know, that there was some concrete stuff that couldn't have been fabricated. So I knew that we walked in on a, on a pretty level basis. And 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 so yeah, I, I knew that that this was real, um, and I and I contacted her. We you know and she was you know would say, look, I would love to. You can't call every week because there's no updates every week. You know you know you know give it a couple of months and then we can talk again. So here's a woman telling me, you know, put your checkbook away. You know we, you know he's your son's busy doing things on the other side, but, you know, let's check back in 60 days and talk to him. So I kept these copious notes, never thinking for a second I was going to write a book. What I really envisioned was taking these notes, and then later on I started recording all these. And, and all the mediums let you record these things, which is another reason, you know, that it's not BS. You know, they would dissuade that, I think. So, you know, I would take these great notes and just file them in a filing in in, a, in an envelope or a, a folder under the date, <clears throat> and I assumed that someday when I was old, sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, smoking a cigar, that I would just review these notes to connect with my son to feel closer to him. Um, never knowing that it was going to turn into a book, never knowing that I was going to be pushed to write a book to help people who like me walked into this stuff cold. You know, when you um were first getting the information from the medium from the first time. Um, it wasn't so much of a conversation you were having with Christopher more than it was just getting uh, a confirmation that uh, it was him that she was talking to. Right. <clears throat> you know, that's exactly right. It, it, and it's still mostly that way you know, when we connect now. And it's, it's him reporting back, you know. Um, one thing he was terribly sorry about the grief he put us through, you know, about the pain he put us through. That was a heavy part of the early part. Now, later on, we've been, we were told by mediums that he's made peace with that. He's, he's adjusted to that. You know, he's, he's moved on from the, from feeling bad and feeling guilty about what he's put us through. But he's also told us things like, you know, this, that, that how, how amazing the other side is. And that the pressures and the pain that he was feeling on this side um, were no longer part of, of his reality. You know, he didn't have any addiction. He didn't have any depression. Um, he didn't have a speech impediment. He didn't have a learning disability. He didn't have ADD, which he busts my stone for still having. Did, you he, know? did he have all those things? Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, he was, he was brilliant and beautiful. I mean, he looked like, he looked like Brad Pitt. Gorgeous, fun. But, you know, I'm 33 years sober, and so he came from, you know, an, an addictive personality yeah. pretty pretty uh, legitimately, you know, and and so he did. Now, you know, after after Nancine, which was, she was terrific, but the bottom line is it was as far as I was going to go with Nancine on the phone, I wanted to experience a medium face-to-face -face who was looking at my son you know, somebody who, who 
who who could look at my son when I'm looking at him. When I'm looking at, at this medium, I want him viewing my son. So, you know, somebody who's, um, you know, clairaudient, clair, you know, all the clairs, right? Um, yeah. And so I did contact a guy named Andrew Anderson, and we've kind of become pals. And the, the first time I walked in to see him, I walked in his office, he had said, you know, you know, Christopher's here. He looks like Brad Pitt. He said he's acknowledging. And then he asked me to send some, bring some pictures because he wanted to see what he looked like. He said he's acknowledging that you were planting something at, his, at a grave today. What were you planting? That morning, nobody knew. My wife didn't know. That morning I stopped at his grave on the way to see Andrew, and I was planting shamrocks around the loose dirt around his grave. I had relocated them from one spot over because I didn't want them next to a – people thought he was you know, somebody else's kid next to this couple. So I had them move after a series of, 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 of negotiations and move them over one spot, and I'll mm-hmm. occupy the spot he was in. So there was loose dirt, and I had planted shamrocks around it. Yeah. And that morning, and so nobody knew that. I mean, not one person on the planet knew that. Um, that morning, I, I took a uh, a leather bracelet that he had given me when he was five in, in Disney World that he had picked out for his mom to give me. It had a clasp with Goofy on it. It said, Dad. And I put it on under my shirt sleeve. And he said, Chris acknowledges you're wearing the bracelet he gave you. you know. And then he said, look, Chris acknowledges that, you know, he 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 had a lot of fun and he had a fun attitude, but there was there was a dark side too, and that sometimes he didn't want to be here, you know. Now, those are tough things to guess at, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're guessing that oh, yeah, I planted shamrocks hours before I sh- an hour before I showed up that I was wearing a bracelet, you know. He said Chris acknowledged that you celebrated his birthday way he always did. We all went to Rana Japan, which we do on the kids' birthdays. It's a special treat. And um, and we went there to celebrate it. He said, you let go balloons and Chinese lanterns, which we did. Yeah. I mean, this guy didn't, he, he nailed about five things in a row, all of them 100%. So there wasn't a whole lot of room for skepticism. Yeah. You know, that, that Chris was here, you know, connecting with his old man, you know, and it was It was amazing. And I'm still friends with Andrew, you know. We will open up the phone lines for your phone calls, your questions, your comments at 844-687-7669 in the second part of the program in this next hour. Uh, we're talking with Joe McQuillan. He's the author of a book called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. Joe, this is a short segment, but I did want to take us back to the night of the tragedy because uh, you had a premonition of sorts uh, before you had learned what had happened. Tell us what happened while you were in bed that night. Yeah, it wasn't a premonition as much. I wasn't sure what it was. You know, I I woke up and it was a Saturday night, Sunday morning. So it was three o'clock in the morning, and I just woke up with this horrible dream. Now, the dream itself was one of those ridiculous dreams where you're running down the hall in your underwear at school, or you forgot your homework or your assignment or something. But I woke up in just a fright. I mean, I woke up scared and had no idea what that meant, but it was kind of the feeling that just stayed with you. I didn't necessarily associate it with Chris or with, you know, any of the kids. I I just didn't know what to think of it. But I just, you know, got up and and started getting ready for, you know, Sunday without too much worrying about it. It was only later on that I put together that spirits often, when transitioning, um, go where they were mostly loved and felt comfortable on the way, and and that I believe in my heart of hearts that Chris stopped by um, on his way to the other side, uh, just to touch base with me one more time on this side, and uh, and that's what that was about. And, and it was just, uh, you know, I couldn't I put put my finger on it. I couldn't recognize, but it was an uncomfortable feeling that stayed with me the rest of the day. We um, we have to go to break again here, but on the other side of the break, I want to get into more of the communication that you've had over the last couple of years with Christopher, because it's pretty intense. Um, having read through the book, there's a lot of not only uh, um, heartwarming and uh, um, what I would call grief-settling uh, communications, but I think that uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of changed your life. Is that a fair thing to say, Joe? Uh, it's completely changed the course of my life. It, yeah. it's, it's more than fair. It was right. spot on. 
All right. And we'll get into a lot more of that when we come back. And we'll be opening up the phone lines at 844-687-7669. You'll listen to Jason and JV Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. A lot of great stuff coming up on the program. Tomorrow night, of course, is a best of. Um, next week, we've got guests such as Jason Gerald. He's going to be talking about Native American cosmology, and he'll explain the three realms of Native American Native American cosmology and the supernatural beings who inhabit them. Uh, Native American culture comes up a lot in paranormal discussions anymore. And, Very spiritual, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people who uh, have sensitivities uh, find that they have some Native American ancestry, which seems to heighten those sensitivities to some degree. Absolutely. Well, and... Uh, then we'll also have Sarba Mohanty on, paranormal investigator, and we're going to be discussing how paranormal research is in India is very different than compared to the rest of the world. So that should be a, an interesting show as well. Yeah, every time you you know you you cross major cultural barriers, it's interesting to see the different perspectives on this topic. Well, even when uh, when we were doing the show Ghost Hunters, we'd be overseas in Ireland and England, and uh, or I'd be, have Ghost Hunters International crew overseas in different areas, and it is very different when you get into those those areas. Just just very different beliefs and cultures. And we have um, so we'll have a great week of discussion next week. Uh, tonight we're talking with Joe McQuillan, who is the author of a book called My Search for Christopher. On the other side, Joe lost his son. Uh, a few years ago and had spent some time trying to connect him, connect to him on the other side and was successful. Uh, Joe, I I wanted to ask you about, again, pre-tragedy. Were you a religious man? Um, Did you have any strong beliefs on the afterlife or any of this stuff prior to losing your son? You know, I was not. I was raised Roman Catholic uh, as most Irish immigrant families are. And, uh, you know, we would go to church on Sundays, and we get there as late as we possibly could, and leave as early as we possibly could. And, and uh, you know, I, and I had 13 years of Catholic education, and the, the the last one being my freshman year in college when we decided to part company through a series of misunderstandings. But uh, you know, I, I you know I think some of the teachings of Catholicism are are are, are, are right on and fine, um, but. I'm I'm far from I'm religious. When it comes to the afterlife, I think I I believed in the afterlife and and I believed in 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 you know a higher power and 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 a god the same way I probably believed in the secretary of the treasury, right? I mean I I I knew I believe it exists. There just wasn't a whole lot of interaction. So I bought into the afterlife, but it really had no calling for me because I was pretty involved with the affairs of this side, you know? So um, it did give me a basis for some things. I mean, some things totally in error, and some things I think that that they you know, there's a, a good grasp on. So, I'm I'm very spiritual. I, I'm still not religious. So, has this experience changed any of those beliefs or feelings? Yeah, yeah. It really intensified the the reality of what's next. I mean, I never thought this far. Maybe it was the ADD. Maybe it was being the youngest of ten kids, but. I never thought this thing all the way out. And the bottom line is what I'm writing about, what I'm talking about, what I'm hearing back from my son is all about a place that we're all going, man. You know, we're all going there. Um, you know, some sooner than later. Me, I'm 62. I'm I'm rounding third at this point. You know, I'm on my last dog and my last pair of hockey skates, you know. And, and so the reality is coming more the real to me than ever before and and the crazy thing is if i'm if i'm going somewhere if i'm if i'm traveling to sarasota or you know the the caribbean or or anywhere i get on the internet and i look about you know where's a good restaurant where's where's a good beach where can i get a good cigar shop so i'm kind of taking that to the next level of what's going on in the world that we're all going to you know so um, it's changed completely my my thoughts. I'm, I mean, I still have to deal with the affairs of this side. You know, I haven't you know, give, given up the reality of this life. I have two kids and 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 and, and a wonderful wife to have to provide for, and 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 all the things that come into play. But there's also a whole different level that now I know I'm tuning into and have the really for good fortune to feel a connection with somebody who's on the other side. 
Well, I think, I think that's important to know that when we close our eyes here, that there's something after it that, that we're going to. And uh, I think that means everything. And it's very comforting for, for anybody and everybody who, who's able to ash, actually grasp that. You know, one of the greatest gifts I've received lately was when my sister, Marcia, was getting ready to cross over to, to pass away, to transition. Um, she'd read the book, obviously, and, and she just adored me. And she, and she was that older sister that, that just provided love and comfort and guidance and sometimes tough love, you know. And, uh, and, and she read the book and she said, you know, uh, Joey, she still calls me Joey. I'm 62 years old, you know, but her I was always Joey. And she said, I read your book and I'm no longer afraid to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wow, if I could give that gift to her, what, what a, how fortunate am I to be able to give somebody I love something like that? So, and the same thing, I got work to do. This book is going to, I want this book to, to reach, get in the hands of any parent who lost a kid. I did a, I did a book signing at, and with Jen Weigel at the Wilmette Theater. And I was worried about attendance because we had done one just a few weeks before in the same town in Winnetka, Illinois, and and it was standing room only. I, it was just amazing. Wow. And I asked a show of hands, how many people lost kids? I bet thirty percent of the audience had lost kids, and that's what they're they're there for that message. That this book was written because my kid told me to write it because I need to help people who don't specifically fathers who don't know that it's okay that don't know there's a way, that it's not just over. You know, that's the intensity of this whole thing. So I, I do believe that, you know, I've got a lot of work to do, and I'm grateful for this task. But if God tapped me on the shoulder now and said, hey, buddy, time to go. You know what? I lived a life beyond my wildest dreams. I have, I've had a, a wonderful run on this side. And when I cross over, I get to spend the next adventure with, with my son who crossed ahead of me. Yeah. And in and, and, and paradise, man. And so, you know, I'm okay. When it's time to go, I'll be okay. We're going to talk some more about the messages that your son Christopher sent you. But in the meantime, I want to take a listener call or two here. Um, this is Joe from Indiana. Joe has called the program before. Joe, if I remember correctly, you lost your son um, at some point, and you've been looking for answers. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, Joe, it's nice talking to you i appreciate you being on this show and if it wasn't for this show i wouldn't have known that you even existed uh i thank jason and jv for for this and um my thing is is i'm 52 years old i lost my son 11 years ago to suicide and i was just uh i just need a way to uh, communicate with him. I miss my Dusty so much. It's just, you know, it's just uh, I I don't have the means to to be able to uh, pay for the the mediums and stuff to to help me. I've actually got some information from a couple that Jason and JV's got on here. But I mean, I'm interested in your book, but I'm not a reader. I listen to audiobooks all night long while I'm working, as I am right now. Do you have it on audiobook? Hey, Joe, first of all, I'm real sorry for your loss. You and I are in a club that nobody nobody wants to join, right? You know, you and me. Second of all, yeah, it's on audible.com. It's, you can do it through Amazon or audible.com. And I'm a, I listen to books all day long. I'm in my car a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm visiting clients and stuff, and I listen to books. And, and I was real nervous about this book because I don't read it. You know, they have an actor reading it, and it's fabulous. I absolutely love it. And a second offer I'm making you, Joe, is that, you know, you're my kind of guy, bro. You know, so you got a pen? You can write down a number? Um, here, yeah, uh, here. They'll, they'll give, my, my email is jbmcquillen at gmail.com. J is in Joseph, B is in Boy McQuillan at gmail.com. After we're done, Joe, send me your contact. I'm going to put you in touch with a medium who's a pal of mine, and she's going to do a half-hour reading for you for nothing. I'm going to take care of it. All right? It's going to be on me. Oh, that's awesome. Because I think that's this important. Her name is Sherry Jewell. She's a great gal, and, and, and you know, Chris has come through with her a bunch of times. And it's important that you do this. That's the most important thing that's going on with, in my world right now is making sure that you connect with your boy. 
because I guarantee you he's on the other side trying to connect with you. Boy, when you read the book or you listen to the book, it's going to give you some time. clues how to, how to dial in, bro, okay? But okay, it's Jason Joseph, he is a boy, my last name, M-C-Q-U-I-L-L-E-N at gmail.com. You send me your contact, Joe, and I'll put you in touch with her, and, 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 and that half-hour reading's on me. Joe, did you get that email address? Do you have it now? Uh, one more time. It's J as in Joe, B as in boy. Okay. McQuillan is M-C-Q-U-I-L-L-E-N, and then it's at gmail.com. And we will have it on file here. If you forget it or need, need it again, give us a call back uh, either later or tomorrow or whatever. We'll have it for you, okay? Right. And you could do a phone, great, do a phone reading Joe. with... Uh, with Sherry, and, and she'll knock your socks off. I had her read my sister right before she passed away, and the things that she was talking about was just amazing, just spot on. Things like, she said, there's this little poodle kind of dog. And I said, yeah, she's got one of those here. She goes, no, there's one on the other side. Well, she had replaced one dog after it passed away with another exact same dog. And she was saying, oh, yeah, well, that dog's waiting for her. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff that you, there is no answer for that. Nobody knows that, except if you're getting the messages from the other side. So I'm excited for you to, to reach out to her, buddy, and it'll be that, that's, that's my gift to you. We're talking with uh, Joe McQuillan tonight about his book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. Joe, I want to grab another quick phone call here before we get sure. to the bottom of the hour break. Uh, this is Barry in North Carolina, good friend of the show. Hey, Barry, welcome, to, welcome back. Hey, Jason and JV, I tell you what, this is a great show and very serious. And Joe McQuillan, I heard you on Coast to Coast last week, and uh, I love your story, and I didn't get through on the air to speak with you, but I lost a first cousin 30 years ago, turned over in a canoe while fishing and drowned, and I swear I've never forgot, I think I've thought about him every single day since so i can sympathize with your loss and your pain um and the, the last caller answered my question audio books i'm half blind with macular degeneration and i have to listen to books and thank you for giving the information to me and him the other joe and uh, I'm going to uh, get the audio book and, and listen to My Search for Christopher. Is that right? My Search for Christopher on the other side. But, yeah, it's an, you can do it either through Amazon or Audible.com. Amazon owns Audible.com. So either one will get you there, and you can download it. And, you know, I, 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 I love the way the guy reads it and, and sounds like me, and so I'm, I'm very pleased with it. Yes, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And thank you so much for being on, Jason and JV. Those two guys really uh, have a great show, and I listen almost every night. And uh, anyway, good luck to you, Joe McQuillan, and God bless you and JV and Jason. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it. Goodbye, and good luck. Have a great night, Barry. Thanks, Always great thanks to hear from Barry, you. and good luck. And reach out to your cousin. I bet he wants to, I bet he wants to touch base with you, too. I want to. Um, we've got a few minutes here before we have to jump to this next break, and I want to take that time uh, to ask a, a little bit more about the types of communications you've had with Christopher since those first few. Uh, you mentioned two different mediums that you worked with. Have you worked with others, and have you learned yeah, how to have these yeah, communications? Five or six, and I, uh, you know, it's, you know, from uh, Andrew Anderson, who was terrific, and Nancine and Sherry Jewell, who, who, who we're, we're turning Joe on to, is a great gal. Uh, Jen Weigel's written a number of books, and she's got some gifts. Andrew uh, or uh, Thomas John, who's kind of well known as the as the Manhattan medium, um, I just hooked up with this gal. Uh, she's out of New York. It was a phone, uh, and, but she was amazing. Her name is Tony Russo. You know, so what, what I'm doing is I just keep trying to keep that communication open. And and people say to me like, why do you go? Why do you go to another medium? You know, and I say, well, why do you go to a different restaurant? You know, do you want Chinese food? Do you want Italian food? You know, so you get different perspectives from different mediums, right? Different channels. So. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll continue. To, I'm going to go to Lilydale this summer oh, well, and yeah. visit. I'm, I'm going to Sonoma. I'm going to a, a fundraiser for Inbalance Ranch Academy, which we do some we do some donating for. And um, you know, it's it's a boarding school for boys between 14 and 18 with addiction problems. And and I'm going to head up to Sonoma or Sedona and do some uh, 
and, and meet with some mediums up there. So, you know, for me, I, you know, that, that was this book was the first two years. You know, I'm just going to keep doing this until I, I figure more and more out. You know, I'm a slow learner. You know, but we're going to get there. Well, and you'll have a great time at Lilydale. I've had the honor of speaking there many times throughout the years. Really? And, uh, yeah, it's such a it's such a wonderful place and just a great community of people. And I'm originally from up that way, anyways. So and, am I. I went to Fredonia State. Oh, I, I, I thought I was Lilydale born, I was, was up in the Catskills or something. It was no, no, 45 it, minutes from no, where I grew up in Buff. I grew up in Hamburg, New York. Oh, I grew up. I grew up in Canadagua. Oh my so, God! That's not amazing. Too far. And, and Jimmy's actually, and Jimmy's actually, we go to Crystal Beach, Ontario, as a family. We get about forty of us, all McQuillans, for a week, the first week in August. Been doing it for ten years, and uh, and so what I'm going to do is just leave a couple of days early and spend a couple of days at Lilydale and and interview some some mediums and get some readings and just immerse myself in that whole world. Yeah, and it's just a great place. Jimmy's been up there. Uh, JV's been up there with me numerous times. He's from New York as well. He's out in Cooperstown. And, uh, yeah, so small world. Uh, tonight we're talking with Joe McQuillan. Um, he's written a book called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side, and it, it is quite a story. It's uh, tragic but also very, very heartwarming. And uh, I think the message at the the end of all of this is actually very, very uplifting. Joe, would you say that the messages you've gotten from Christopher over the course of the last couple of years um, have not only been uh, helpful with you uh, dealing with the grief of losing your son, um, but have they all been what you consider uh, life-affirming? I mean, you talked about the afterlife now, and you talk about it with a confidence that you probably couldn't have before. I'm assuming that these communications have helped with that as well. Absolutely. Not only couldn't have before, I had no idea. You know, I mean, he, so, you know, the, the, the cool thing is about this whole thing is that the, what I've learned over the last few years is that, you know, three plus now is that whatever personality they had on this side, they carry with them, you know. And so I've been with mediums um, in, in big groups and they'll say, listen, you know, if your son or daughter or loved one was outgoing, you know, they're probably going to be outgoing on this side. And if they were forceful, they'll be forceful on this and on the other side. So, you know, the spirits that come through in, in big settings are usually the ones who are a little more, um, you know, outgoing than the reserved shy people that, that, that have a hard time coming through. I was at a, a reading with 75 people with Thomas John in, in October, just this last October. And last minute, my wife and I decided to go it was the next town over. And, 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 he was dealing with the other side of the room, and he kept saying, wow, this family family members keep showing up from this one family. And then he, he looked and said, you know, frankly, they kind of scare me. <clears throat> and my wife elbowed me, knowing it was my, you know, hooligan Irish, uh, you know, shanty Irish family coming through, including my son. And he named five people who had crossed over in my family by name. Uh, one, he just said, your sibling brother who took his life in the 70s. He took his own life in the 70s, which, which there's no, nobody knows that. I mean, people who know me know that, but it, it's, it's not on Facebook. It's not something you can find in the Internet. Um, and, and then Chris came through very strong. And then at the end of it, my family faded back, and he said, look, there's a woman in the audience named Marsha. Her son Jason's here. Chris is bringing him forward. Jason's real shy. He wouldn't come through on his own. Chris is, is kind of pulling him to the forefront. And, and he just said, hey, Marsha, you ought to thank Christopher for bringing your son through. And they had this reading. So that's the kind of thing where you're just sitting there with your jaw dropping. Right. As he's named my brother Jerry, my sister Pat. He said, Christopher's making bunny ears behind my sister Pat's head. My niece Carrie, my brother Billy. You know, it was just amazing. Billy was holding a flag because he was in the military. You know, it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, and then the personality of Chris, and that's who he was. He was an outgoing, fun-loving kid who, who would, you know, kind of always help the underdog. So he's bringing this kid who's too shy to come in on his own through his mom. And I'm so proud of that kid. You know, he's still pulling that stuff on the other side, you know. You, your story tonight and our conversation tonight has touched a lot of people, so I want to get uh, to a few more of these phone calls. Sure. This is Randy from Indiana. Hi, Randy. Welcome to the program. Hey, Randy, you there? All right, we may have lost Randy. Let's go to TJ. TJ's in Rhode Island. Hi, TJ. Welcome to the show. 
Yeah, hi, guys, and hello to your guest, Joe. And uh, as you know, I'm respectfully skeptical. And I have to say, Joe, from hearing what little I did of the, the program today, I have to admit you're one of two people that I envy with regards to your success in your communications, if not am downright jealous, as the boys could uh, fill you in on over here. And that leads me to my question, two-parter. One is, uh, very similar to your circumstances, is a local radio personality here in Rhode Island, Southeast uh, New England, by the name of David Kane, who lost his son in the station nightclub fire that occurred here about 19 years ago. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Oh, if, you, if you've ever been in communication with him um, individually, one-on-one, -on -one, and secondly, many times when I listen to his show on another uh, station here, he did mention that there were occurrences where his son would come through to people all across the globe, and he would receive communications through those people that, you know, we don't know what to do with this, but we have a message from you from so-and-so to so-and-so to so-and-so or whatever it would be. And has that ever happened to you? And as I get, as I said, I'm very jealous. I get, yeah, almost jealous. I'm trying to maintain a little decorum. <laughs> Thanks, TJ. You know, the one thing, though, I will tell you, TJ, you know, there's this new gift of this connection that I'm giving and this kind of new road I'm on with the books and appearances and such, um, I'd give it all up for the ignorant bliss of knowing nothing about the other side and having my kid walk through the door. You know, so, um, you know, it's not like I had an option. You know, this is what happened after he crossed. So, um, you know, and I'm not a medium, I, and I don't want to be medium. I don't want to meet your Uncle Bill, TJ. I don't want to meet, you know, Jason's grandmother. You know, I, it appears that I have some intuitive gifts that I didn't realize, and, and mine is focused purely on this connection with Chris. But, yes, um, I get texts from uh, uh, mediums that I've involved myself with, like this uh, uh, Tony Russo, when I was at my sister's funeral, who said, you know, Chris is with your sister, they're sending you love. They're making fun. They're telling stories about you. Um, and, and then they came through and said, your, your sister's telling us that she's from Virginia, that she'd spent time in Virginia, and they're mentioning Aldo's. Now, here's the crazy thing is she raised her family in northern Virginia in the suburbs of D.C. Yeah. And before retiring to Florida. And Aldo's was the impromptu reception we had after her wake. And we didn't publish it. Nobody talked about it because it was family only. And so she sent the name Aldo, which was her favorite restaurant. You know, so, yeah, you know, every once in a while I'll get a, a connection. I was in Sarasota, and, and actually I was in Naples having a cigar on a beach at night connecting with Chris, and I got, the, I got a message to go to Sarasota, go to you know, Siesta Key. So, you know, and would I travel four hours round trip to spend a little time with my kid? Absolutely. So I get grabbed a couple of Red Bulls and a couple of cigars and, and headed up there. And when I got there, I got a text from a medium, Sherry Jewell, that said, look up at your stars. Your son's with you. So, you know, he does. I think there's some mediums that he really gets a kick out of and connects with. Tony Russo's one. Sherry Jewell's another. So, uh, yeah, I do get, I, I get every once in a while I get messages, never from strangers, but from people that I've had connections with. I think my son, for some reason, is a very powerful spirit. I don't think this is his first rodeo, um, and I think he's pretty good at the game. So, um, you know, I, I'm grateful that these people stay in connection with me. Well, like I said, in this case, it was curious because he does get them from complete strangers who have no no knowledge or connection with him or or his loss at the time, and so that's what I was curious about. But again, I, I truly, as the guys will tell you, based upon my own uh, disappointing, let's say, experiences, have to admit that I envy you a great deal, and I'm glad you can find comfort in it. I really do. And you know, TJ, I will tell you one thing, and people have asked me this, and a great quote from 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 uh, um, uh, Hamlet is there are more things in heaven and earth ratio than dreamt of in your philosophy. So, you know, this, that, that didn't experience with me with strangers coming through that has with your friends. But in, in a case with you, you know, I'm looking at a book that's sitting on my desk right now called the complete idiot's guide to communicating with spirits. You know, I would say if this is something you're, there's someone that you want to communicate with, just try harder, figure it out. You know, learn some of the rules of the game. And, and why are those rules there? I have no friggin' idea. I really don't. <laughs>
I admire your candor. Spirits are most active between 3 and 4 a.m. Why? I don't know. Because that's the way it is. All right. Well, let me let you go. I know there's a queue lining up. And, uh, Jason, I saw your commercial here on local TV. Very, very nice. (laughs) Well, thank you. Happy you enjoyed it. TJ, thank you for the call. TJ is, has been a student of, of this topic for a while. He's, he lost his mother uh, not too long ago and has been trying to find some answers as well. So, Joe, thank you for helping him. Let's go to D. D is in South Carolina. Hi, D. Welcome to the show. Hi. Th- uh, yes, I, I've been a listener for a while, but I've uh, never thought of really about calling in until tonight uh, 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 because it just really hit home with me or whatever listening to the to the program or whatever, uh, a friend of uh, my brother-in-law, well, my brother-in-law's cousin, I think it's the first cousin, he lost his daughter Monday, I think it was about 2 a.m. I looked it up on the Internet. There was a boating accident right outside of Buford or whatever, and they, there was, I think, a heavy fog, and they hit a uh, some pylons or something, but it knocked all the kids. There were five or six of them in the boat, knocked them all into the water, and they were uh, uh, they were able to rescue uh, all the kids except for uh, uh, the uh, uh, this 19 year old uh, uh, girl who was the daughter uh, uh, of my brother in law's uh, cousin or whatever, and they're still searching. They have not found her body yet or whatever. But I'd like to. I'm going to see about getting the book for her father. I mean, he's been standing down there on the shore oh, uh, outside of Buford here since uh, oh. since this thing happened, and it's not left. People are taking him. Food to eat and everything. I mean, he just uh, yeah. he just it's it's killing him. I mean, he just he does nothing but cry and uh, talks about how he he thinks his daughter's still alive, maybe on one of the, uh, uh, the islands down there, or whatever. But uh, uh, the the uh, uh, I talked to my sister about it uh, Monday, I believe it was, and uh, uh, the unusual thing about it was my uh, my sister's son is the head of the uh, elite uh, dive team. Uh, for the Department of Natural Resources uh, here in South Carolina, and uh, his phone had been out, and here he is in the water uh, diving, looking for this uh, uh, body, and not knowing that it was uh, that it was his cousin that he was oh, looking wow. for. So, wow. yeah, but. Yeah. Well, D, I, I will say, I will say this. Uh, I can't again. An unspeakable horror, having to stand on the side uh, on a shore of a lake and, and wonder what happened to your daughter. But I can tell you, um, Joe's book, "My Search for Christopher on the Other Side," uh, is a good yeah. choice. Is a good choice to help give this man um, some comfort in a very, very difficult time. I think so too. I really do, and I, I really. Uh, appreciate the program tonight or whatever. I, I just, uh, just meant a lot to me. Thank you for the phone call. Yeah, thank Thanks, you very Steve. Much. Appreciate it. I mean, I, you know, Joe, you hear a story like that. This is happening in real time. Uh, it probably yeah. brings you back to how it happened to you in real time. Um, and your heart wow. must bleed for these people. You know, it's, it's, it's when he said that, my heart sank because, as I said, four boys jumped in a three-man canoe with no life preservers and and all in layered clothing and Timberland boots, and, and it was a perfect storm for, for this kind of catastrophe. And my son's body was found first, and one of the boys, who was a friend of Christopher's, body wasn't recovered for three days. Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing, they're, they're, the dad just sat there, um, you, know, uh, you know, on the, on the shore, uh, you know, uh, w- waiting, waiting for for the boats to bring his boy's body back, yeah. and it just it broke my heart then, and it breaks my heart now. Let's um, let's try to squeeze one more phone call in here. This is Randy. Sure. We tried to get him before, but we lost him. Randy from Indiana, welcome to the show. Hey Joe, uh, sorry for your loss. I have a similar incident about four teenagers that were killed, and I want to try to make a long story short and share it with you. Uh, there was this guy, a friend of mine, take me to his brother's house, first off. He told me that uh, we got by a cemetery, and he told me four teenagers had been killed there coming home from prom night one night. So about 15 yeah. years later, I take a, a motor route, deliver newspapers, and the lady that's training me on this 90-mile uh, area route told me that when uh, we get to the smell box at the cemetery, pick up a cash payment and an envelope for the newspapers, and, and hand it to her, and that's how they would pay me. And, and as we were leaving, she told me, now you'll see a black shadow go across the road here. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. But, I, you know, I didn't say that to her about it. 
went on. When I took it over myself, I started seeing that black shadow going back and forth across the road, about like a telephone pole, straight up and down with no end to the top. And uh, you talk about paranormal. I started driving so fast from that mailbox, I'd try to hit it, you know, because as you can see that it was just a shadow, and I tried to drive through it. And it would always cross the road in one direction or the other, no matter how fast or how slow I drove. I would never touch it, and it would always come to the same point on the side road every time, no matter what speed I was doing. Wow. And then one day, <laughs> yeah, one morning, I got to the mailbox to put the newspaper in. It's like 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, bright, sunshiny day. I got the papers late. We delivered them late. And there's four teenage spirits standing there in a gravel driveway out the county, and two girls sitting down and two boys standing up, and they're talking to each other. And they're in real nice uh, prom clothes. And wow. uh, I'm sitting there looking at them, and I'm watching them talk to each other, and I'm thinking, this is not happening, you know. And uh, <laughs> the one of the, the tallest boys stood there, and he looked at me, and he made eye contact with me, and he looked at me like, you know, what are you looking at? And I'm like, whoa, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I left. Wow. Wow. But I've never told, never told that story to anybody, and I wanted to share it with you. I, I knew I wanted to share that story with you as soon as I heard JV talk about it. <laughs> Monday night that he was going to be talking to you. Randy, thank you well, so, so much. Well, I'm glad you shared it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Randy. Yeah, um, we've got about a, a minute left here, and I wanted to ask you one thing related to Andy's story. Um, Joe, you've been talking and communicating with your son for a couple of years now. Have right. Has he ever appeared to you and or uh, manipulated something around you uh, physically so that you knew he was with you? You know, great, great question once again. And um, I haven't um, been able to see him. I want to. I try, I meditate, I try, I'm hoping someday I will, and and I'm told that maybe that's just not the way that he's going to connect with me, that I should be grateful for what I got, but, I, but I'm greedy, and I'd love to be able to see that beautiful face again. Um, but as of, as of, you know, and I'll meditate th- looking at, at him or at pictures or visualizing him, but I haven't seen him visually. I felt him, I feel him on the back of my neck, I feel the tingle, I know when he's with me, um, and obviously clear audience, I hear him. I can smell um, things. Things will be moved around. Uh, I'll hear a clicking in the in the printer behind me when nobody's touching it. Um, that sort of thing. Um, but as of yet, you know, I've, I, I haven't gotten the well the, I, the, the visual. But I, I'm sure hoping someday I do. I'd hope we'd had more time to talk about some of these more detailed messages and information that you received from your son Christopher. But we're just simply out of time. Where can people get the book? Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com. It's on. It's in print. It's in Kindle, and it's in Audible. So um, all three of them, and uh, Amazon.com, and 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 I and, and if you like it, leave a in, uh, leave, leave a review or and reach out at jbmcquillan at gmail.com. So I'd love to hear your comments. Well, Joe, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight. We look forward to talking to you again at some point. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, We've got to go to break. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Haw. That's J-O-H-A-W. You know, it was a tough story to listen to in the beginning, but I really left that conversation feeling very, very uplifted and and very optimistic about things. Well, I did. I I did, too. And also, it seemed to really touch a lot of people. A lot of people were calling in tonight uh, with their own experiences or or questions, and and that just meant a lot. So a big, uh, big thank you goes to Joe McWillan for coming on and uh, just telling us about how his tragedy also became something positive out of that. Um, make sure you tune in next week. We've got a bunch of great shows lined up tomorrow. Of course, the best of beyond realities, check it out. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash beyond reality radio and head over to beyond reality radio.com. Find our stations, get our free apps and more, but that's going to pretty much do it for us. You're listening to Jason and JV. We'll catch you all soon. Beyond reality. Paranormal is hosted by JV Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.